Welcome to this week's episode of The Versatile Writer with me, Sarah Bannum. The Versatile Writer aims to provide help and support for like-minded writers. This week, the theme is about writer's block, and I've gathered so much information about it and added my own thoughts and solutions too, that I think this episode will be part one with part two coming soon. So, writer's block, part one. Straight away, I wonder if you hear those two words and conjure up your own thoughts of their meaning or your own experiences of it. And that's something I want to look into today because everyone has a different perception of what it means and if it's even real. Personally, I've had it present itself in several ways to me over the years. All of them and none of them could be described as writer's block. Some of the ways it's presented itself with me were through depression, anxiety, feeling overwhelmed and fatigue. So, looking at it that way, perhaps writer's block isn't a single thing, but rather a thing or many things disguising itself or themselves through your mental health. And, quick side note here, mental health isn't always negative. We can feel positive, elated, energetic even, and the block may use that as a disguise. Too elated to write because you're too excited to form sentences. Too energetic to write, you can't sit still. Or so upbeat that the last thing you want to do is type out a few words when you could be dancing or singing or playing sports or working out and using up some of that excess energy. The negative feelings are likely to be more well known though and that's probably because as people and as humans we're more likely to discuss the negative stuff to find solutions than to talk about our successes. This might be because we're uncomfortable about shouting out our successes to the world. Or it might be that if we talk about our successes too much, then something bad might come next because of the universe's odd take on balance. Or it could be that if we're successful in something, it doesn't need to be explored because we're already successful at it. If we're not successful at something, exchanging views and analysing why that's happened is probably going to be our next course of action. Anxiety and depression bring with them their own symptoms. But if writer's block is in there too, it's likely to show us as something like inability to think clearly, being unfocused in the planning or writing of the piece, or even procrastination. I've talked about procrastination before on The Versatile Writer. You may have noticed I generally name rather than number my podcast episodes, but in today's case, this is episode 76. So if you scroll back over them, there was one published in the middle of November 2020, that's called The Versatile Writer Considers Procrastination. In the episode, I mentioned that sometimes it feels so much easier to clean the entire house than to put pen to paper or finger to keyboard. I mean, I'm not a big house cleaner, but dusting the skirting boards or cleaning the windows looks way more enticing at times rather than writing even the shortest of sentences. Dictionary.com defines writer's block as a temporary condition in which a writer finds it impossible to proceed with the writing of a novel, play or other work. If you're a writer who's currently experiencing writer's block, I think this episode might be for you. There may very well be an idea or two that could get you back into that literary saddle. If you're a writer who's never experienced it, it might also be worth listening to the end, as forewarned is forearmed, as they say. There are also writers who don't believe it's existence at all. 
I've known some of these writers who completely close their minds to the idea of it, saying those it touches bring it on themselves. If you fall into this category, perhaps you're right. I completely get that writer's block is often a state of mind and presents as such, but if you don't believe it exists, then perhaps it doesn't. The origins of writer's block date back to around 1945. Further research showed that the term was first coined by Austrian psychiatrist Dr. Edmund Verger, who was living in the United States. And even further research brings up another definition of being a psychological inhibition preventing a writer from proceeding with a piece. According to the online site mentalfloss.com, the 19th century poet Samuel Taylor Coleridge described his writer's block as indefinite indescribable terror at not being able to produce the work he thought was worthy of his talent. Coleridge wrote in a notebook so complete has a whole year passed, with scarcely the fruits of a month. Oh, sorrow and shame, I have done nothing. In Stephen King's book on writing, he describes it as, There may be a stretch of weeks or months when it doesn't come at all. To Killer Mockingbird's Harper Lee reported, I find I can't write. I have about 300 personal friends who keep dropping in for a cup of coffee. I've tried getting up at six but then all the six o'clock risers congregate. Author of Invisible Man, Ralph Ellison, referred to it as chronic procrastination and I have writer's block as big as the Ritz. So perhaps writer's block does exist. After all, having so many writers report their individual experiences of it, it sounds like it's a pretty real thing. And the irony is not lost on me that these famous names have written about their writer's block experiences either. I mean, if you write about it, surely you can write about whatever you claim has stopped you. If only it was as easy as that. Personally, I wonder if it's the topic we're intending to write about that stops us. I mean, if you have to write about something that's utterly not interesting to you, so a bit dull or a bit dry, or something that's really involved and requires a huge amount of brain power that you're just not up to or ready for. Maybe then your brain just stops, puts out its palm and just says no. I've had this with a particularly exciting part of a novel. I got to the point after writing lots of tension leading up to the part, took a breath and flexed my fingers to the keyboard and then, then, then nothing. For some reasons, I saw this moment as a cue not to continue writing, but to get up and make a drink, or nap, or go out, or do something completely different instead. It was a kind of self-sabotage. Maybe it could be the pressure of writing to a deadline that's stopping the writer. It might be fatigue, or hunger, or the feeling that their worth isn't being valued. It might be burnout, or guilt, problems with comparisons or other pressures including unrealistic deadlines, financial issues, financial expectations, medical issues, or even the writer's ability as in whether or not they're up to that specific creation. So why doesn't every writer experience it? What a good question. I found another website that looks at this question. It's called goinswriter.com. It's by Jeff Goins. You may have heard of him. He suggests that writer's block is nothing more than an excuse. He says it exists entirely within our heads. 
while that may be a little on the harsh side, he may have a point. After all, you never hear of an electrician's block or a runway model's block, do you? He goes on to suggest the real cause of writer's block is exhaustion, fear of failure, imposter syndrome, that is to say you don't believe you're as competent as others perceive you to be, fear of rejection, perfectionism, and not knowing how to start. For me, I can definitely resonate with the fear of rejection, imposter syndrome and comparisons to others, as well as aspects of writing for an audience. All of these can make me and often make me shudder. Does it with you too? That's something to consider for this podcast's Facebook group, the Versatile Writer Podcast Group. The link will be in the show notes. In the past, both fear of rejection and imposter syndrome have, at separate times, not so much stopped me from writing but stopped me from publishing. I had a huge span of years unable to publish my work. Whereas we call the inability to write writer's block, I heard the inability to publish termed as publishing paralysis. We do love a good old alliterative phrase, don't we? But if the cap fits, I said before that the dictionary defines it as a temporary condition in which a, in which a writer finds it impossible to proceed with the writing of a novel, play or other work. But then I also said, I wonder if it does tend to present itself in different ways to different writers, much like Coleridge and Ellison explained in their different experiences, and I mentioned about in mine. Indefinite indescribable terror and chronic procrastination are great ways to describe the feeling. I read a post on Twitter recently which had garnered lots of responses. Because the Twitter community can often be diverse in its answers, you can probably imagine that some of the responses weren't particularly helpful, while others were extremely useful. But reading every single one got me thinking, writer's block is a much bigger thing than I first realised. The original question was, how do you overcome writer's block? Here's a few of the responses that I suspect are from those who either don't believe it or have never experienced it. I may be wrong, after all, what do I know? But here's a few that I found. Number one, no motivation but plenty of procrastination. Number two, writer's block can just be laziness. Once you've admitted it, it won't bother you again. Number three, ignore the block and write anyway. Number four, no such thing, get to work. Number five, write through it. Because of the kind of person I am, if I was to take on board a suggestion to work on, I'd likely go with something that was a little more caring, compassionate and empathetic. That's not to say tough love isn't caring, but some people respond well to being yelled at in the face, and others respond better to being listened to and loved. I think you'd get more out of me if you listened to me and loved me. I know I wouldn't achieve anything other than beating myself up if I was being yelled at, each to their own. More helpfully, here's a few responses that may help those who are going through it right now. Number one, nap. Number two, meditate. Number three, self-care. Self-care is important. Listen to the block, it's there for a reason. Number four, give yourself permission to write rubbish. Number five, listen to music. Number six, take a break. Number seven, analyse what's causing it. Number eight, do something physical to take your mind off it. 
Number nine, walk in nature. Number 10, read rather than write. Get your mind thinking about a different story written by someone else. Number 11, watch a movie with a good story, something that may be in your writing genre. Number 12, read one of your own old stories or one of your own older novels. Number 13, find some motivation. It might be nature, your family or your favourite food. It could be the unpaid bills piling up. That could provide good motivation too. Okay, let's go through the ones I highlighted. Number one, self-care. It says self-care is important. Listen to the block. It's there for a reason. Many people still don't consider self-care to be important. I wholeheartedly subscribe to self-care because I know without it, I'm useless. I'm the kind of person who really needs their sleep. In addition to a night's sleep, I generally also meditate in the middle of the day, which probably will progress into a nap. After which, I'm usually very productive. I consider sleep to be self-care. I'm also eating good food and taking a regular exercise. If you feel better after a hot bubble bath or a large protein shake before you begin your day, then do it. Give yourself what you need to get the job done. Self-care doesn't stop at how you treat your body either. How you speak to yourself matters. Does that inner voice find fault with everything you do? Ask yourself, would you speak to your best friend or your family that way or a pet? Chances are you wouldn't because you treat them with respect and courtesy. So it begs the question, why don't you treat yourself with the same respect and courtesy? Number two, analyse what's causing the block. It's possible that this may follow on nicely from the previous point. If it doesn't, one way to discover the answer is to use the five whys. I'll explain further. You answer why after every question. For instance, I'm happy. Why? Because I've just poured myself a glass of wine. Why? Because I had a good day and I felt like I deserved it. Why? because I know it's important to reward myself when I've achieved something good. Why? Because I believe if I've put the work in, I can allow myself to get something out. Why? Because that's a good philosophy to live by. Obviously, you can use it any way you like, but it does get to the heart of things and make you really consider your motives and your actions, as well as, in this case, justifying alcohol. I suspect that's a whole other podcast right there. Number three, read one of your older stories or one of your older novels. If you've not published anything yet, read one of the stories you first wrote or at least one that you've not looked at for over a year. Read it from a reader's point of view first and then read it again from a writer's point of view. Apply the two together and see how you can improve the story, if at all. If you can, work on it and see if that helps your block release. Apply the same method to your novel. Because I believe I've experienced writer's block, and others have too, I decided a few years back that it was a real thing. If it was a real thing, then surely having a resource to help prevent it would be helpful. So I wrote a book. It's not a usual kind of book. It's fairly unique, to be honest. It's a book of random evocative sentences, or simply words, intertwined with pages of pictures, photos that, all but one, I took. 
I tend to take photos when I'm out and about and if I see a message within the image I take the photo. Often those messages are metaphors because, let's be honest here, who doesn't love a metaphor? And metaphors are brilliant when they're shown through imagery. I'm quite a visual person at times so the book has helped me through stages of writer's blog. The book is on Amazon and is called Writing Naked, Writing Without Boundaries. I called it Writing Naked and explained this in the introduction, but I believe that if you counter the idea of writing with a certain structure, like genre guidelines and publishing guidelines, a specific publishing standard, or even writing prescriptively, then allowing your brain to write whatever it wants using the sentence, words or pictures in the book will help a story come out. If not a story, maybe a poem. Whatever works for you. Details of the book will be in the show notes. I hope you've enjoyed today's episode. If you'd like to share your thoughts of the topics raised today or the Versatile Writer in general, you can do so on the Versatile Writer podcast group. The link will be in the show notes. If you have enjoyed other episodes of this podcast, why not subscribe to it? By doing this, it will magically appear in your feed, as tech fairies are amazing, aren't they? I'd also be grateful if you shared this podcast with your friends, family and social media followers, because you never know who it could speak to just at that right moment. If you do, please tag me in so I can can publicly thank you. This podcast aims to provide help and support for like-minded writers, so thank you for listening to this episode of The Versatile Writer with me, Sarah Bannum.